0: Prayer, okay? okay, Father in heaven, we're thankful for the day and the blessings of life for our health and for thy watch, care over us. We're thankful for our homes and especially thankful for Jesus who died for us and for the church. Thankful for the Bible, which uh, is a light under our feet and a lamp into our pathway. We pray that thou will bless us in our study this evening, be with the sick of our number, help them be restored to their health, uh, comfort those who have lost loved ones. Forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Mary Shepherd, Dolly's amen. mother, passed away yesterday morning early. So we're, we've got a funeral uh, Saturday. So, uh, uh, okay, we're at the top of page five. I put a mark down okay. at uh, question nine. Mm-hmm. List the three temptations of Jesus. That takes us to Matthew 4. Um, and let's read uh, those verses. What question were you on? Sorry. Nine. Question no, nine. Question. Okay. The top. The top one there. Nine.
1: Matthew four, one through twelve. Oh, hey, we went right to it.
0: Getting a little better. Okay. Okay. Tien, you want to read um, first four verses?
1: Sure. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. Um, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God.
0: John, you want to take the next uh, verses through 7.
2: Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God.
0: Okay. Um, again, the, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him uh, the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Uh, so uh, that's really through verse 11 but we don't need to hit verse 12 so um, so what were the three temptations of Jesus here just boil it down Um,
1: was the first one a a temptation or was it just um, uh, hey this is it's written because he was saying that if thou be the son of God command that these stones be made of bread that's not a temptation is it it's just like a
0: well, think about it. Look back at verse two, at, That's right. at what it says. He had fasted oh, forty days and okay. he was hungry. Uh, wouldn't you, uh, yes. if you had the ability okay. yeah. to uh, turn stones into bread? Wouldn't you? Uh, wouldn't that be a temptation?
1: Very much. Yeah, that is true. hunger. So, yeah.
0: so uh, turn stones to bread. What's the next temptation?
1: Um, I didn't really get, like, in 5 and 6, I didn't really get what it was saying.
0: Okay. The devil take him up into the holy city. That be Jerusalem. Yeah. And setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, meaning a high point uh, on the temple, like a wing of the temple. Okay. Um, and... Uh, he said, If thou be God. the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. So it was a temptation. I mean, he, it's sort of crazy, but to think about you know being a, on a high mountain or a high place and being tempted to jump. But since he was the Son of God, if thou be the Son of God, in other words, show that you're Son of God, because the Scriptures say, and the devil quoted Scripture, he said, uh, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee in their, hand, in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. He didn't misquote it. The devil knows Scripture. And he, he quoted it accurately. But so he, he wasn't
1: tempting Jesus. He tempted no, God. No, he, he
0: was tempting Jesus. Yeah. To Temp-
1: jump? Or was he tempting to like, to okay, if you powers. jump, if you jump, then the angels will come, and that's like tempting God.
0: Well, it would be that too, in a sense, but it was a temptation to Jesus because here was the scripture, and um, the Old Testament said that the, the Lord would take care of him, God would take care of him, so go ahead and jump. And so, what did Jesus say in the answer to that?
1: He said, That it's written again, Thou shalt not tempt thy Lord, or the Lord thy God.
0: Yes, yeah, so it would have been a temptation. Uh, to God. I mean, it would have been testing God, but it was also a temptation to Jesus. Yeah. And uh, remember that when someone uh, teaches something that's in error, remember the words of Jesus. He said, it is written again. So, uh, and the script, and that implies the scriptures do not contradict each other. Someone's, someone's wrong. if If someone has used a scripture to teach error, and you bring up another scripture which teaches the truth. The scriptures do not contradict. The person who used the the scripture as the devil did here, he misused it. Yeah. He misapplied it, and so Jesus uh, answered him uh, with scripture. Mm. And then the third tempt, so the temptation here would be um, jump from the pinnacle of the temple. Um, I mean, you can tie in the to
1: see if you get like saved. Basically. Yeah, if
0: you'd be saved physically, yeah, yeah.
1: The third one is um, well, power, right? Because he's saying that he would, he would have all of it if he just worshipped him.
0: Yeah, and how he, would that be a temptation to Jesus? Power. Uh, you know, he'd give him all the kingdoms of the world and and the power thereof, or the glory thereof. How would that be a temptation to Jesus? I thought. Uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the psalmist says. How, how was that a temptation to Jesus? He think, did the devil have yeah. the power? Did the devil have... Um, did he own the kingdoms? No.
1: No. It was a lie.
0: Well, wouldn't Jesus know that?
1: Well, I think it's a, a, a temptation of like the man form of Jesus. Like, because every man strives to be powerful. So he knows that, and he's just tempting him in this man man form. Even though he knows it, he's like, kind of like, all like playing with his mind. Like, oh, you can be powerful. Maybe you know, you don't know how powerful you can be. I don't know.
0: What do you think, John?
2: I think that's a good point. Um, Does it have anything to do with the fact that it wouldn't require him sacrificing himself? Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, it would include that idea, and and with jesus and the devil if they if jesus had agreed then uh uh, the kingdoms would have been his you know the lord allows the devil to have some power today even okay i mean uh but uh god's in control and that's how free
2: will exists yes yes it's imperative for that
0: yeah so uh the third temptation is bow down and worship me if you'll bow down and worship me, then I'll give you all this. And that uh, the devil must have had some uh, ability to give that to Jesus or it would not have been a temptation. Gotcha, because he would have saw right through. And... Yeah. Now, uh, 1 John two sixteen. the next question, how are we tempted?
1: Oh, so First, many things. Look at
0: 1 John 2 and verse 16. Can we read it? Yes.
1: For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. So pride of life, lust of the eyes, and the lust of the flesh.
0: Yes, and those three, those are the three avenues in which the devil tempts us.
2: So you could apply those to Matthew 4, 1 through 12. You can. Lust of the flesh, he was hungry. Yeah. He was hungry, yes. Pride of life. If you cast yourself down, angels will come and attend to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lust of the eyes, this will all be yours. Yes. Right?
0: That's right. Huh. And there's some there's some overlapping in a way with a temptation. Um the the third one could be both the pride of life as well as, you know, lust mm-hmm. of the eyes, you know? Yeah. Lust um, of
1: the flesh, can that also mean like the passions like of the flesh. Things. The
0: passions okay. of the flesh. And yeah, it could. Well, look at Genesis 3.16. Genesis
1: 3.16.
0: I'm sorry, 3.6. 3.6. I gave you the wrong verse. Okay. Genesis 3.6. You want to take that one?
2: And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat.
0: All right. Does that does that meet the three temptations that Jesus uses or yeah. the G, that the devil uses?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> food, eyes.
0: <coughs> so, make any, one wise. Yeah. Wise. Pride of life.
1: Wow. So... Okay, wow. He's using
0: the same tactic again. And he still does. Every every temptation that comes our way comes in one of those three ways or maybe a combination of them. Lust so of the flesh, can, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life.
1: So you can get a good sense on what's good and what's and what's <coughs> evil based on this like, you know, look at the scenario and you're just, you know, if you if it's one of those three things, then it's just or run combination. Yeah, or or, combination. Yeah.
0: Well, question th- eleven. What three words were the same in Jesus' response to Satan's uh, to Satan? What did he say each time to the devil?
1: What
2: did he
1: say? It is written. It was written. It is written.
0: It is written. Yes, Jesus answered the devil each time with it is written
1: going back to scripture
0: going back to the Old Testament that's all he had at that time that's all all that was available at that time so it is written number twelve give three parables of Jesus that you like best what three parables can you think of that you like
1: parables are stories right
0: parables have been defined as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning I
1: so the one I like I've actually talked to him so many times I don't know if this is I mean correct me if I'm wrong Um, my mind always goes to how Jesus um, prayed in the garden before he was sacrificed because he knew he was going to be sacrificed and he didn't want to be sacrificed and he asked God like is there any other way basically like can mm-hmm. I not can I not get sacrificed yeah let this come Yeah, and it was fear. he was he was fearful he was he didn't want to do it it was just like that that kind of resonates with me just as like you know he well, had fear he
0: did want to do it but I think he was just scared right he was scared well the the humanity of Christ comes out in in the garden and it was the humanity of christ that prayed uh, let this cup pass from me he knew that it was necessary but if there's any other way yeah then that's what he wanted but of course there was no other way um but a parable or and, and were you all in the uh, auditorium class sunday mm-hmm. and the sunday before yeah mm-hmm. maybe it was last is this sunday when Nathan goes to David, and he tells mm. about the, the man that had a pet sheep, yep. Oh, I see. you know, and, that was last Sunday. and yeah. then the rich man had many flocks, and when he had a visitor come to see him, instead of taking one of his own, he had many, he took the poor man's lamb that was like a daughter to him, and he offered it, you know, gave it, and and David was very angry about it. But the point is, that's a parable. That's a, that's a parable. And parables were told for four basic reasons. You might want to write these down somewhere in your notes. Four reasons for the Lord's telling parables or anyone's telling a parable. Number one, to reveal the truth. Number one, reveal the truth.
2: I'll copy this. Okay.
0: You know, we, we remember sometimes stories that illustrate truth and we may not even remember the truth that's that's illustrating but if we if we have like the the story we can remember it we can remember the truth easier so it's to reveal the truth number one number two it's to um, conceal the truth to hide the truth from some And number three, uh, embalm the truth. Uh that is it's as I mentioned it sticks with you longer. Embalm E-M B A L M. Not a no. Not a no. no. Never Megan? No. <laughs> they got embalmed. It's not oh. annulled. Oh no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and number four, uh, to cause men to attest to the truth before they see that it applies to them. To attest to the truth, to recognize the truth before they realize it applies to them. And that's the case with David. The parable uh, of the man that took the poor man's lamb or sheep, uh, David was angry about that. You got it before the before more, before he uh, sees it applies to him or no, to them uh, I'm sorry that's okay kind of like um, just like David David yeah. David was so angry about it now if if Nathan had gone in and said you took someone else's wife, you murdered a man what would have happened to Defense. Nathan he probably would have been killed you know. Uh, David would have been angry, he wouldn't have accepted it. But when he first, uh, when he told the parable, he saw the application reference to this man, and then Nathan says, thou art the man, you see. And Jesus told parables for those four reasons, maybe one of those four reasons. Now in Matthew the thirteenth chapter, you have uh, seven or eight parables. what did you write down? Any? Do you think of any? I see all of them are blank. Right?
1: Yeah. No. I well,
0: mean. Well, let's just let's just look at a parable or two. Okay. I'm not sure if Some I'd that see you it. you remember this? Well, uh, Ma- uh, Max told uh, the story of the prodigal son the other Sunday. I remember. That's that. a parable. That that was a parable. So,
1: do parables really happen, or is it just a story? like the boy who cried wolf or like those stories that didn't really happen but like is like a meaning behind it
0: well uh it's possible that they could have happened but regardless of that they teach the truth sometimes people say oh that's just a parable like for instance in luke 16 in reference to the the rich man lazarus uh, people say oh that's a parable well it doesn't matter if it's a parable or not it teaches the truth now there's a difference in a fable and a parable maybe we'll get to that later but a parable um uh, it's from a Greek word parabole, which para means beside and ballet means to throw see the word ball there ballet ball ballet so to throw beside so you you throw beside uh the known to the unknown or vice versa uh the unknown beside the known uh, and so you have uh, the parable of the lost boy you know the parable of the Good Samaritan? Remember that story? I,
1: I remember. I don't like word for word, but I remember.
0: You Well, you remember um, that a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves and mm-hmm. was beaten and left half, half dead and along came a priest and along came a Levite. They both passed Lost. by on the other side. Mm-hmm. That, this is in Luke the 10th chapter. And uh, then the Samaritan, whom the Jews hated and who you would have thought would not have been interested in helping this Jew, evidently he was a Jew, um, that was left half dead, but it was the Samaritan, the least to be expected to take care of that man, went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and then took him to, put him on his beach, took him to an inn, and said to the innkeeper, you, uh, you take care of him, here's money, and if I, when I return, if you need more, I can give you more. Well, that's the parable of the good Samaritan. Um, and uh, whether it happened or not it teaches the truth uh, and then there's the uh, there are other the parables the parable of seat. the sower the parable of the to to sower
2: where it was given to conceal
0: yes let's look at Matthew 13 and, and the parable of the, of the sower is found in three places it's found in Matthew 13 Mark 4 and Luke 8 so let's let's look at Matthew 13 and begin with verse uh, 3. Uh, Tierney, you can begin.
1: And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed some seeds, fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Can we keep going?
0: Yes, just keep reading until okay. I get tired.
1: Some fell upon stony places where they had not touched earth and forwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth and when the sun was up they were scorched and because they had no root they were withered away and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them but others but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit and some in hundredfold some sixtyfold some thirtyfold who hath ears to hear let them hear okay
0: now There's the parable. What does it mean? What did we just read?
1: Someone planting something someone planting a seed.
0: Go back to verse three. Yeah. Behold a sower went forth what? To sow. So and the way they sowed back then was they broadcast it. They took the seed and they just threw it out. Threw it out in all different directions. And it fell upon four different types of soil or ground. Yeah. What were the four different types of ground?
1: Stony places. What was the first one? Um
0: fell by the wayside. Wayside.
1: Wayside is what?
0: Like the road? Oh. Like yeah. You know, a pathway. Okay. You know. Uh and then what?
1: Uh stony places. Stony
0: places. Like rocks. Yeah.
1: Um and then
0: Among Thorns. Among Thorns. Yeah. And what else? It's a good ground. Good ground. So there's four. There's the wayside. There's the stony. There's the thorny ground, and then there's the good ground. What does that mean?
1: All different. Um, all different places. Like it. Like some went here and there.
0: Yeah, it, like, it's a parable. It's good teaching. And good Is it teaching. It's teaching. It's teaching. Usually, here's a point. A parable usually teaches one main lesson. One main lesson. Though we often make multiple lessons out of you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, is it meaning like, uh, is this parable like saying it doesn't matter where you're from? Like, or is that, am
0: I off on that? You know what, Jacob? We don't have to speculate on it because okay. Jesus gave the interpretation of this parable. The only two parables that he gave the, uh, the interpretation of and that was the parable of the sower and the parable of the tares. And it's in this chapter as well. So begin reading with me at verse 18 because the disciples ask him, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, John, verse 18, beginning.
2: Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside.
0: Okay, let's pause there. So the wayside soil received seed but uh, the birds came by mm. and picked up the seed and carried it away and the birds are representing the the, the devil ones. the wicked one the devil so the devil knows the power of God's word so what does he want to do he wants to remove it mm-hmm. so before really it has the time has time to germinate it's carried away there are many people today who because of prejudice will not hear the truth. They'll say, well, you people think you're the only ones going to heaven, you know? And so they won't listen. Okay, and the next, next soul is what? Go ahead, John.
2: But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended.
0: Okay, so the stony ground here represents someone who, you know, when the seed went out and it landed on stony ground, the the soil was very shallow. And so when the seed tried to germinate and the roots tried to go down, it couldn't go anywhere. It's hard-headed. And and because of that, and the sun comes out, and it withers, it doesn't get any, doesn't have a good root system, and so it it uh, it dies. And that that represents someone who uh, the he hears the word of God, um, and he receives it quickly. He's converted quickly, but then because he has no depth, mm-hmm. he falls away.
2: Mm-hmm. It says tribulation or persecution.
0: Yeah, because because of tribulation or persecution, hard times come, and because of this, they fall away. That shows the importance of studying your Bibles, growing and developing, so you can get a good root system spiritually speaking. Okay. So you yes. don't stay hollow.
1: Stony place. Sorry, I'm trying to get all these. That makes yeah. Um, that makes someone make who hears
0: and obeys quickly.
1: Hears into a base quickly
0: but because he has no um, he's not grounded well doesn't have a good foundation doesn't have a good root system uh, so to speak when hard times come tribulation or persecution he falls away Okay. so that's the stony ground John take the next one too Verse 22.
2: He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful.
0: Okay, so the thorny ground represents someone who hears the truth and because of the cares of this world, pleasures of life, they choke out the word of God. They don't have time for the word of God. It just chokes chokes uh, the word out. And it's worldliness, you know. And if we're not careful, that can happen to us, you know. Um, And then you have the good ground. Verse 23, John.
2: But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty.
0: Now, in the parallel passages, it says, "He, the good ground represents someone with an honest and good heart." Why do you suppose this is the very first parable that Jesus told? We don't, we don't know why. But you have any thoughts about why this would be the first parable?
1: I feel like because it lays a foundation of what you should, um, which ground you should be.
0: Now, remember, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, he, in particular. Uh, did he, he the train them to know how to preach to people, and there's different types of people. And right. I think that's the idea. I think it tells us, um, and of course it applies to us to not let the things of this world, or uh, to choke out the Word of God, or uh, to not grow spiritually as we ought to, and nor let the devil come in and take the word away, but I my thinking is here he's speaking to his apostles and disciples and they're going to be going out teaching others and there's a tendency to become discouraged when people do not accept the truth and the soil here, the ground, represents hearts hmm. not everybody's heart is receptive to the truth you know there's a time Jacob I'm sure when your heart was not receptive to the truth, okay. you know, but there came something in your life that caused you to be receptive to the truth again, you know, and you came back. Uh, there are people in the world that are like that. That things uh, they may not accept the truth right away, maybe, uh, but something happens in their lives, maybe the death of someone or sickness or whatever, uh, and they begin to think seriously about their souls see yeah that, that's that so dumb. true yeah. like. so um, um, so that's parable of the sower and um, I gave you Matthew 13 you can read those other parables if you'd like and Luke 10 is the good Samaritan and that Luke 15 is strong. The lost boy I know the mustard strong.
1: seed the mustard seed uh, yes I don't like I I I've I, I don't think I've read it like word for word, but I know what it's about. Like what is the it about? It's a, if you have a faith of a mustard seed then you can move mountains. like it, all you need is like you know what I mean like a little little faith right?
0: Well, th- it begins in verse 31, another parable put he forth in them saying the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed. Which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds there come and lodge in the branches thereof. The kingdom of heaven is like that. In what way? Well, remember, the kingdom was going to start with just a few people, and it was going to grow, and ultimately uh, be a benefit. I think that's the idea in this passage. In this passage what? now, huh?
1: I was I was really thinking it was the faith. You know what I mean? Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. If you have faith of a mustard seed, then you can move mountains. Yes.
0: Well, I saw that on the back of a on the back <laughs> oh of a car recently. Car recently. Yeah. And um, it's a misuse of that word faith. There, it's it, that faith of which Jesus spoke of is the faith that. Uh, is a miraculous faith. Let's look at it. Since you brought it up, let's look at it. Uh, Matthew 17 and we're going to begin with verse 14. I'll read it, okay. And when they were come to the mul- come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. I think he was talking to his disciples there. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus, Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. This was a miraculous faith. Um, turn over quickly to 1 Corinthians 12 you know the apostles had the baptism of the Holy Spirit we'll get to all this later the apostles had the baptism of the Holy Spirit in which they could impart miraculous gifts to others um, and they did that by the laying on of hands we're getting way ahead of ourselves on yeah. this but <laughs> So you're, you're to blame, Terry. <laughs> but anyway, in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, you have nine miraculous gifts. Keep in mind, they didn't have the written word like you and I have today. So it says, For to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse different kinds of tongues and another to another the interpretation of tongues. Now back in ch- chapter 12 and verse 1 it says now concerning spiritual gifts. Miraculous gifts. He's talking about miraculous gifts. Church at Corinth had a misunderstanding of miraculous gifts. They thought that the speaking in tongues was the greatest gift. Paul lists them here. One of the gifts that he mentions is to another faith. It was a miraculous faith. It was the kind of faith that the disciples need to have to um, heal this man, uh, this boy of uh, uh, this uh, demon possession.
1: Now, what is this? What is this whole like? What is this talking about? Because this is in the New Testament. We don't have these anymore, right?
0: No, and we'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to that. So, uh, you know, yeah, the apostles could have uh, said, "Remove hence to yonder place," in reference to a mountain, even if, if they had the faith as a grain of mustard seed.
2: The significance is the mustard seed is so small. Uh Yes. Right? In both cases. So, like, if your faith, you know, your miraculous faith was that of a mustard seed, even though it's that small, you can still move mountains. And then for the first one, 13, it's the fact that it's so small, but out of the herbs, right, like, it becomes large enough that the birds can lodge in it, right? So that's just the power of it. Because the very next parable
0: is leaven Eleven. Yeah. And, and
2: just
0: a little bit of like
2: just a little bit of leaven can leaven the whole lot.
0: Right? So and both easy. of those deal with the growth of the kingdom. They both start small. But the yeah. leaven works inwardly. You know, that's the idea. So to show its power or Yes. Brokency. yes. Okay. Um, uh, it would be a good st- it would be saying. a good study to just study the parables. But yeah. but that's not our purpose now. Um what was Jesus' first miracle? Question thirteen. What was his first miracle?
1: Was it the, Was it? Go to a <laughs> That's what
0: a. That's sort of a. That's sort of a curve. That's it. it is. I started uh, writing... You did start... What did you start to write? I looked at the passage and I'm like, well, oh, that's not going to be that. What were you tra- I started were you water writing water to wine. The water to wine is not... Like, but that's not what the question says. Because the next question is what? What uh,
1: was uh, Jesus' first miracle while on earth? Wait a minute. What's...
2: <laughs> oh, go to Hebrews. Go, go to, go it, go to Hebrews. I had a, quite a discussion about this. Really?
0: Yeah. Who won?
2: Well, I don't know. I want to see how, how we answer So, what's Hebrews 1 3 3 through 11?
0: Looking up, let's read it. Let's let the Bible answer. Because it doesn't matter what Vic says. Hebrews 1
1: 3
0: 4. Actually, back up to verse 1, just read 1 through 4.
1: 1 1 through
0: 4. Let Jacob get there. Find it, Jacob? Yep. <laughs> okay. Hebrews 1 1 through 4. Tyranny? Okay.
1: God, who at sundry times and in, in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Who's the whom
0: there? Whom he? Who's the he? Whom he? Or who's the he, whom? The, who is the whom? i get that in a minute. Sorry. Whom he appointed. Who's the one that he appointed?
1: He Jesus. Okay, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, read on. By whom also he had made the worlds. What? By whom also he had made the worlds.
0: What? By... He
2: made what? the worlds. He made the worlds.
1: Oh, he made the worlds. Uh, oh, no, you were serious. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were wanting me to reread
0: it. I was. It was like, I wanted to make sure you answer. understood what you were reading there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the... Look answer. at John... Well, your boys have memorized John 1, 1 and 2.
2: Yeah, we actually t- talked about it quite a bit last night in the car.
0: Okay, let's go ahead and quote that.
2: Luke is now doing 14. I'm like, why is verse 14 significant? Yeah. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Next. All things were made by Him. Pause.
0: Was... All things are made by Him, by the Word. And So this is where our discussion started. And, okay.
2: Because at that point, He was called the Word.
0: He was the Word. In heaven, in, in, in eternity, the second person in the Godhead who becomes Jesus on earth was the Word in eternity. The Word was with, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things are made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Okay, now drop down to verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth go, go over to john 1 john 1 14. are you following me Tierney? no
1: yeah because to me he he was the word
0: he, he was the word in eternity
1: now we have the word
0: we have the word now. Right here. So, well, you're, it's, uh, yeah. it's different. So my it, there is a word in the, it was word, the word became flesh. He became flesh. But and this is, the,
1: it, was, it was, the word is, is this, right? It is
0: now. The context, keep in mind, the context always determines the meaning of any word or the term. Confusing. Or we'll term. talk about word. Yes. Yeah. Look over at John. Let's look at John one again.
2: The answer I gave. Yes. Was that the first miracle was to be born because before that he wasn't called Jesus.
0: Megan that disagreed. That is so strange. She
2: said, "Made everything. Jesus made it." Well,
0: it's uh, uh, what is that term that? Uh, it's like this. I met my wife at Harding. I met my wife in, at college. Right. Or, your wife. But she was not my wife when I met her. Eve was the mother of all living. Well, she wasn't the mother of all living at that point in time. Right. Jesus was not Jesus uh, at this point in time, that is, from in eternity. He was the Word. Now, if we had put what uh, what was the Word's first miracle, you probably wouldn't have had any problem with that, maybe. Right. I don't know, you might have, because... Uh, but
1: I had no idea. Like I, I did not resonate. <coughs> like, L-
0: look at look at John one, look at verse one. In the beginning was the word.
1: I thought it was talking about.
0: Yes, I understand that. But look down to verse fourteen now. That explains it.
1: And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in order to have this word, he had to come down. And be made flesh <coughs> in order to receive. Well, this.
0: well. What does the what right. does a word What does uh, a word mean? Uh, the word. Does it mean itself. Truth? An action. Or? Well, it.
1: The word is truth.
0: It represents or it manifests uh, something else in a way. It and Jesus was, um, as Hebrews one says, He was the brightness of His glory. Uh, Go so back I was to going to
2: try to define it as the expression of a thought. That's
0: right I was trying to think of the word expression, expression of a thought and he but he was the expression of the father right So in uh, again Hebrews 1, in um, God at standard times in divers manners spake in time passing the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by a son whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being in the brightness of his glory, here it is. And the express image
1: So he wasn't of him. even he wasn't even a a a thing or being or anything He's oh, spiritual. Yeah. Being. Yeah. Yes. No, he's spirit but he wasn't like he was a he was just an expression at that point.
0: He he was
2: <laughs> So it's hard to wrap your head around that, right? Like he's yeah. a spiritual being, right? Like
0: Just he, like God. God right. the Father was is a spiritual being. And and the word is was a spiritual being
2: and as far as for the beginning of john i wouldn't conflate word here with the bible as a word okay no because that's what i'm doing if you do that you read this as though this is talking about the bible in the beginning was the bible and the bible was with god and the bible was god that's not yeah that's not that doesn't fit so uh, word here refers to Thought. So, if there's the three uh, persons persons of the of the Godhead, right? You have God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and then the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, who's also called the Helper. Well, the other name for another name for Jesus was Logos, which is the Greek word that we have,
0: word. So, so word uh, is just another translation of Jesus in a way. So,
2: if you think about the the. Uh, kind of the way that it seems like it's described for creation was God the Father was the architect, right? Yes. And then Jesus Christ was... Contractor. The contractor. Yeah. Okay. He's also called called the Word. And how does Genesis tell us that the world is made? God
0: spoke, spoke the it. worlds into existence. Yes.
2: So, those, like, to me, that's how that kind of lines out, right? Like, he's that Word. He's the tool. I want, to, I want to say action but it goes back to the expression the expression of that image so
0: It was the expression of the Father too Yeah, you know? it's,
2: it's hard for us to wrap our minds around spiritual eternal beings expressing their will and it manifests physically but that's what took place and so we have God I mean Jesus as the word that, that makes everything and then plays a certain role throughout the Old Testament and then we see him manifested in a physical form as Jesus Christ the Son. And so then this word however, is just all that is uh, curated for us all the information that we need in order to be to know of God and to be faithful
1: to him. to be successful It says here it says now I know we're not supposed to go ahead. It in this go ahead. One, but it says keywords word, life, believe. Jesus is the preexistence, eternal word, who became a man in order to gain eternal life. One must believe on the name of Jesus, who always was with God and indeed is God. That's what Hal was saying. That's right. So it's it's basically saying what you're saying.
2: The other thing that's significant with just that one passage is that it shows, shows, uh, I guess, the Godhead, right? Because there was somebody that was with God. It shows
0: at least two. At least two. Yeah, at Yeah. at least two here.